You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Hail Caesar. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. How long since your last confession, my son? 27 hours. It's really too often. You're not that bad. Here at Capital Pictures, as you know, millions of people look to us for information and uplift and, yes, entertainment. And we're going to give it to them. And action. An army of technicians and actors and top-notch artistic people are working hard to bring to the screen our biggest release of the year. Hail Caesar is a prestige picture with one of the biggest stars in the world, Baird Whitlock. A truth we could see if we had, but... If we had... Faith! 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 Cut! Ah. Uh, Mr. Mannix. What's up? The director can't find Baird Whitlock. Somebody slipped it under my door. We have your movie star. Gather $100,000 and await instructions. Who are we? The future. Hello, Bert. Hello, Mr. Mannix. Lawrence, Obi, thank you all for coming. The studio needs your help. Bad Whitlock has been kidnapped. This is bad. Bad for movie stores everywhere. She sings the perfect harmony. Let's spend 24 hours. But we're looking for him. We don't want it in the gossip columns. This is gonna cost the studio a lot of money. And that's where you come in. I need some cash. You must have very strong forearms. Is it hard squeezing it like that? It's part of the job, yes. I'd like to know what the hell is going on here. 20 million readers want the truth, Eddie. Truth, yes. Mm. Eddie. So won't you tell me no truth? I wanna hold your life. I don't you tell me no truth? I wanna hold your life. This is a drama, Mannix, a real drama. Mr. Mannix, I know it sounds screwy, but someone's calling from the future. Good lord. Wondering what's going on? All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Hail Caesar, and the story is as follows. In the early 1950s, Eddie Mannix is busy at work trying to solve all the problems of the actors and filmmakers at Capitol Pictures. His latest assignments involve a disgruntled director, a singing cowboy, a beautiful swimmer, and a handsome dancer. As if all of this wasn't enough, Mannix faces his biggest challenge when Baird Whitlock gets kidnapped while in costume for the Swords and Sandals epic Hail Caesar. If the studio doesn't pay $100,000, it's the end of the line for the movie star. The film is starring Josh Brolin, George Clooney, Alden Ehrenreich, Ray Fiennes, Jonah Hill, Scarlett Johansson, Francis McDormand, Tilda Swinton, and Channing Tatum. It is written and directed by the Coen Brothers. Here to join me today for this Patreon 2016 retrospective podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Ryan C. Showers. Hi, everybody. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Michael Schwartz. Would that it were so simple. Dan Bayer. To name the 20 million readers trust, Eddie. <laughs> and also to... not. <laughs> It's not really 20 million people listening to this, but goddamn if there were. Uh, also joining <laughs> us is one of those uh, listeners out there from Patreon as a guest, Paul Meredith, everyone. Hello. I don't have a line because, as someone else said before recording, it's just too many good ones. It's okay. It's all right. My fellow podcasters, come. 
come join me on the divine, shall we? Let's <laughs> talk about Hail Caesar. <laughs> ha! Where did that were so simple? No. <laughs> In any event, there's going to be a lot of quoting, I'm sure, throughout this uh, podcast here. It is a screwball Coen Brothers comedy. And that's the thing with the Coen Brothers, right? You never necessarily know what you're going to get sometimes with their movies. Are we going to get dark and serious with a bit of comedy? Are we going to get full-fledged comedy? And here with Hail Caesar, we definitely got screwball comedy at the highest order, as one would expect from a filmmaking duo like the Coen Brothers. They continuously are always surprising us, never making the same movie twice. And here they are paying homage to films of the 1950s in so many different genres, not just one genre, but multiple here. And it's also about movie stars and they're taking movie stars of today and putting them in this story as well. How does it all come together? What is it like? We are going to talk about it finally after it feels like me and Michael Schwartz have been debating about this film for the last four years. But finally, we're going to have it out here on the podcast. <laughs> so I want to toss it over actually to our guest first, though. Paul, what do you think of Hail Caesar? I really like this film. Uh, the Coen brothers are like top three directors for me. I guess top four considering they're a duo. But um, yeah, it is. Everything as you said, it is both a satire parody of, you know, every genre in the 1950s, whether it be biblical epics, westerns, musicals, uh, while also, you know, a tribute to them, as well as a very much a Coen Brothers comedy, a screwball comedy, a crime comedy. Uh, yeah, fine performances all around. I, I understand some of the criticisms of it, like, but to me, it is very much in the vein of Big Lebowski in that. The plot doesn't really matter. It is the only thing that matters is what the main character is feeling. So if nothing makes sense to the main character, then nothing makes makes sense to Eddie Mannix and nothing makes should make sense to us. Uh, yeah, it's there's, you know, underlying political commentary in there, as with a lot of Coen Brothers films in like the most absurd way possible. Um, yeah, like I said, the performances were great. Uh, maybe probably my career best for josh brolin for me um it is uh you know george clooney alden ehrenreich channing tatum scarlett johansson tilda swinton uh ray fines who continues to prove himself to be a great comedic actor as uh as seen you know in grand Budapest hotel bigger splash um and despite all this praise it is a mid-tier conor film for me that's mainly because their films are almost always just great, but really it's just, it's a film that I go to that puts a smile on my face. Maybe because the time in my life that I saw it, I was actually working at a theater uh, at that time and I saw it opening night. Um, or No, I was working opening night and I had four minutes to clean the previous, the auditorium before the th movie started and I met a lifelong friend there. So that is oh, wow. why, um, a, a guy who regularly goes to the movie theaters that I didn't know of. So to the people who are naysaying on this movie, I don't really have very many arguments against other than I don't really care. <laughs> and I think your comparison to the big Lebowski is actually a pretty good argument to make in regards to, Hey, listen, 
this movie didn't work for you, but this one did and get your, you know, they're kind of pretty much the same movie in a sort of way and how they don't really connect all of their individual scenes together to formulate this cohesive plot. So what gives? What's the real argument here? So I think there's something to dig into with that. Let's hear from some others. Uh, Nicole, what do you think of Hail Caesar? So speaking of the naysayers, um, I hadn't seen this film before this year, but I was pretty excited to watch it because the film that the Coen brothers did before this one, Inside Lewin Davis, is one of my favorite movies of all time. And so I was really excited to see, you know, what they followed that up with. And it's really pretty. Um, Costume design, production design are gorgeous. I appreciated what they were going for here. But honestly, at the end of the movie, I was kind of just like, oh, oh, that's it? Okay. Um, And kind of just wanted more out of it. So it was a little bit of a letdown for me. I don't think it's a bad movie, and I think there's a lot of really fun parts in it. I just kind of wanted more from it. Okay. All right. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, But this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Michael? Okay, Matt. This is what we've waited four years for, the Hail Caesar podcast, that famous, famous Hail Caesar podcast. And longtime listeners will remember our 2016 film awards here at NBP when Hail Caesar came up quite a lot. And Matt's like, okay, you got to lie at the Hail Caesar. What is it with you in this movie? (laughs) Well, here's the time where I finally get to speak to my deep, deep love of this movie. This really is one of my favorite movies, not just one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies, but one of my favorites of all time. I knew it when I first saw it in theaters February 2016. 
Uh, this movie was not a huge box office success, even with the huge cast. It really only lasted in theaters about two and a half weeks or so before it disappeared. But in that short amount of time, I actually saw it three times in theaters. I just kept wanting to run back to it because I knew there was so much under the surface there that couldn't possibly uh, be retained in just one viewing. And I remember people were either writing it off at the time as like a mere trifle or really doing what I did and taking a real deep dive into all the allegories going on there and just the Cohenisms that you have uh, in a film like this. And viewing after viewing, and I have seen it a few times after those three theatrical viewings, I just see more in it every time. It's a spoof of like biblical epics, but at the same time, it is its own biblical epic. And we'll get into some of those themes later. But everything about it from the screenplay and these amazing lines, but the themes within those uh, pieces of dialogue to the performances and the production design and the costume and the cinematography and just all they could do with this $20 million budget. Uh, I think it's a Coen Brothers masterpiece and I am always happy to revisit Hail Caesar. Okay. All right. Ryan C. Showers. Uh, okay. Well, um, I, so I saw this movie back in 2016 and you know, as probably everybody on this podcast, I am a Coen brother. I am a Coen Brothers fan, um, through and through. Um, I I didn't click with it back then. I thought it was kind of boring, and I found it really um, disengaging, despite the the opulence of it um, and the aesthetic of it. Um, so I went in for this rewatch um, with very mild expectations. And I have to say, I did like it more this time around, but I, I fell into the same traps that I fell into the first time. Like, I can't, uh, I can't say that it's a bad movie or that I can't give it, I can't talk against the film um, because it is so like, exceptionally um, directed and confidently conceptualized. Um, but I, I, I'd be lying to say I didn't struggle to pay attention. Like there were points I forgot I was watching the movie. Like, you know, it's so pretty. And like, there's some really clever, um, there's some really clever lines of dialogue. Like there's a line at the beginning, there's like a scene at the beginning where they're debating religion and it's so brilliant. Like the, the back and forth, it's, it's fantastic. But you know, at other times I'm watching these scenes and so it's like when you're reading a book. And your mind is elsewhere because the book is boring and you read like a whole page and you don't, you're like, wait, what did I just read? I, I just, that's kind of the experience I had watching it again, even though I was really trying to like it more. I just, I can't, I, I it doesn't click with me. Um, and uh, I, I, this is, I, I really gave it an honest chance this time and it just didn't happen. All right. Dan Bear. Okay. So l- love the Coen brothers love old hollywood was really really looking forward to this because like uh, let's be honest like all coen brothers movies it is impeccably cast even down to like the smallest tiniest role um and i love almost everyone in this cast and when i i remember i don't remember a lot of what i felt specifically about the first time i saw it in 2016 but i do remember leaving the theater feeling like it was the whole was just less than the sum of its parts and so i was interested to watch it again to see if that held true or if it was you know one of those things that just needs time to marinate now that i know what to expect will it be any better and i can't 
say that I liked it any better, actually. I, I still think that the whole is a lot less than some of its parts. I, but those parts are really, really strong, which makes it all the more frustrating that somehow it doesn't come together. Because th- there are, like, on an individual scene level, so many, like, all-time classic Coen Brothers scenes in this movie. And I love every single one of the performances on some level. But I, when it comes to the whole, it just, it just, there is, there is something missing. I think it might be how they chose to frame the movie um, and specifically how it ends, but uh, it, it's, I can't wholeheartedly endorse it, even though it's well-made and I like a lot of pieces of it. All righty. And finally, Josh Parham. So a lot of my thoughts on this movie are actually are going to mimic uh, pretty much what Dan just said. Uh, I am, like everybody has already admitted, huge Coen Brothers fan. Like, I am a massive fan of their filmography. I think that they've only made, like, one bad movie in their entire career. Like, I love their stuff so much. And I feel like when it comes to this one, there are moments that I think are just so well done, whether it is from a craft perspective or from the way that the performances are handled or the lines of dialogue. Like there are some brilliant moments in this movie, but I do think when I step back and look at it as a whole, I don't think it ever quite comes together in a very neat way. I think that there is like this overview of this theme that they're kind of working with, with a little bit of politics, a little bit of religion, and how they're kind of interconnecting with each other. And I, it feels like they're on the cusp of saying something very profound with it, but the movie's also really disjointed and doesn't have a really great flow to it that I don't think those themes ever really end up saying something truly profound. So it's like, it's an idea that's there, but it doesn't quite come across. But at the same time, I am very entertained pretty much all the way through the movie. And I think that's a credit still to how successful the movie is. So to me, it's not perfect. It doesn't really rise to like the top tier level of the Coen brothers work, which is able to combine really great storytelling with just a very entertaining spectacle. But I would say overall, I do enjoy the film, but it's just not a miraculous, you know, no pun intended, <laughs> kind of a experience of watching one of their movies for me. All right. And just to not sound repetitious myself, um, I was let down by this movie in 2016. I still liked it, but was definitely more mixed on it than anything. I, like Dan, feel like there are individual scenes in this movie that I do keep coming back to maybe on YouTube or they just vividly stick out in my mind. But as a whole, the movie itself never fully clicks for me. And I really, really want to try and break down on this podcast why that is, because the Coen brothers are exceptional filmmakers who always turn out these incredible screenplays. And here, I do think that the issue with the movie comes down to the screenplay. I think it is so well directed, not just in regards to uh, the comedic nature of the performances and how well they get the tone of some of these scenes, but also, too, in the homages that they pay to 1950s uh, genre films here, the set recreation, the costumes, 
all of that works if you are a movie fan that really, really goes nuts over this stuff. But if you strip all of that away and ask yourself, what is the human element of this story that would make non-movie fans actually care about this movie? That is where I think we start to have some problems. And I think that is why Hail Caesar is a bit divided with some people, despite these really, you know, fun performances, fun moments, fun scenes, fun recreation of an era. Take all of that away. And, you know, what are we ultimately left with when it comes down to the story itself? And why should we ultimately care? Uh, As Paul said earlier, you know, does it matter? (laughs) I think it does. I, I, I think it does. So let's break it down from there. Uh, That's the first point of discussion I want to bring up is what are we ultimately supposed to care about in this movie? So when I mentioned that this was, you know, a parody of biblical ethics that becomes its own biblical ethic, I think it really helps to break down certain elements and understand what it all means in a larger context. So when you look at Eddie Mannix, he's the fixer for the studio. That's uh, Josh Brolin's character. And he's fixing everyone's messes, whether it's a pregnant actress or a missing actor or, you know, just controversies behind the scenes that audiences wouldn't even know about. He's there fixing everything to keep Capital Pictures in line, on schedule, on budget, all that. He's the Ray Donovan of his time. Yes, he is the Ray Donovan of that studio system. But even with all those vignettes and things that he's doing over a 24 hour period, and that's the course of this movie It's just over the course of one day. It's about Eddie and his moral struggle, his struggle with himself, his struggle with his work, his struggle with faith. It opens and closes with him in confession. So he like must go every day because he has so many things he wants to atone for. But then you see the course of what a day is for him and all these things that, you know, would drive a normal person crazy. But even though he's almost once out at one point, he finds it sort of enjoyable and he sort of gets to play the role of Jesus, if you will, reporting to the big bosses in New York, which you don't see or hear, but you know of them. It's like a higher presence. They might be God in this biblical sense. And here he is, like trying to fix things and make the world better inside the universe of Capital Pictures, where he deals with like false idols of actors and religious leaders, maybe the prophets. Like you could really take a deep dive into the religious text of Hail Caesar and pull a lot of things from it and what it means about this man and his struggle and what it all means in the context of the world. And does it all have any meaning? It's almost like Barton Fink meets a serious man with a little bit of zany burn after reading tied in there. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of Hail Caesar here on the Next Best Picture podcast. If you want to get the full review, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this hour and a half long review, along with other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. 
Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.